Welcome to the Confidence Conversation podcast with me, Joy Burnford. This show explores the world of women, work, and what it takes to feel more confident. A lack of confidence is not a crime, so if you need some motivation, inspiration, or a boost of confidence, grab a cuppa, go for a dog walk, or escape for a drive, and join us for today's conversation about confidence. Our focus for this season is on getting to the top, and I'll be talking to some incredible women and experts from around the world to share their real-life stories, advice, and tips to inspire you in your career. And I'd like to say a big thank you to Gail Morgan Style for sponsoring this season. Focusing on mindset, colours, style and wardrobe management, Gail has inspired me and thousands of other women to increase their visibility, impact and influence by reducing wardrobe overwhelm and confusion. She truly is a master of her craft and completely understands how the right clothes can immediately increase your confidence and credibility. Gail is offering our listeners 15% off all her virtual and in-person colour analysis sessions and any of her other services when you reference this podcast. To find out more, see the link in the show notes or visit gailmorganstyle.com. It's an absolute pleasure to welcome my good friend Jenny McGrandle as my guest today. Jenny is an employment lawyer at Deckert, and I'm delighted she's joining me to talk about her own career journey and why career success is personal. Hello, Jenny, and welcome to the Confidence Conversation. Thank you. Lovely to be here. It's really lovely to have you here. And as you know, this, the theme for this season is all about getting to the top. So today we're going to chat a bit about your background, your career, how you've reached where you are today, and some of the challenges you've, you've experienced, and also top tips for other women who are wanting to become successful in their career. So I thought we'd start off talking a little bit about your background and your career, if that's okay. So who reached where you are today? And you know, did you always want to be a lawyer, for example? I'm afraid to say that rather unoriginally, yes, I did from about the age of 15 or 16. And this will date me, but it was largely as a result of watching LA Law and wanting to be Susan Day, or Grace Van Owen, as I think she was called in, in the series. Sadly, my reality is somewhat different. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> that set me on a path. Oh, brilliant. And tell me a little bit about, you know, your day to day and what drives and motivates you, you know, be really interesting to know sort of how, how you stay motivated when it's, you know, it's really hard sometimes when you're, as you know, when you're working, got family and often life kind of gets in, you know, gets in the way. So I'd love to know kind of what keeps you going, what drives and motivates you? It can be hard. I agree. But I think for me personally, I've always been very conscientious and really it's, it's that just always wanting to do the best possible job that I can do for my clients, my colleagues, for for my employer. That's what gets me out of bed each day and keeps me going day in, day out, really. Do you struggle with that sometimes? Not really. I mean, sometimes the job can be, you know, the hours can be long, it can be stressful, but I think I'm very determined, got quite a lot of stamina, so I'm not going to give up, really, until... The case is won or settled or or whatever it is. And perhaps all lawyers are like that, are they? Quite driven and motivated. I think uh, yes, <laughs> it tends to be um, a common feature. I think. Yeah. Great. And what's what do you think's helped you most in your career? You know, have you had external sponsors or coaches or mentors? Anything like that that's helped you? I'm not sure that I can particularly point to one thing. I think I've had 
help and support from multiple sources over the years. So I think I've been very fortunate wherever I've worked. I've worked in a in a supportive, friendly environment, and I've had support from from senior colleagues, from managers, from junior colleagues, from peers in my profession. I think there are lots of. I'm an employment lawyer, and there are lots of kind of employment lawyer networks. As I've got to know other lawyers at different firms over the years. And of course, support from your family as well. That's, that's been invaluable. Absolutely. Absolutely. That kind of brings us on to the sort of the focus for this podcast episode, which is about kind of career success. And I'd love to know, you know, what does career success mean to you? It means different things to, you know, to different people. And I, and I wonder if, you know, what does it mean to you? And has it changed your opinion changed over time from when you were you know, a graduate? Did you think of success in a different way to how you think about it now? Has that changed? Yes, I think it has changed. I'm not sure that I had a particularly clear idea of where I would end up when I was in my 20s, but I suppose I'd always wanted to to do the best that I possibly could in whatever, you know, whatever I was doing, whether it was A-levels or degree or, or whatever. So I suppose I would have imagined that I would be a partner, which of course I'm not, and that is one very obvious measure of success in a law firm environment. And I do sometimes beat myself up a bit about the fact that I haven't achieved that. But then it's a cliche, but there are lots of different measures of success. And I suppose for me, I need to keep reminding myself that I have managed to keep working at a city law firm in a demanding and stimulating role, which I enjoy whilst also bringing up a family and trying to ensure that I I carve out sufficient time for them. And I do feel, I mean, sometimes as, you know, the balance doesn't always tip in the right direction, but but generally I feel as if I have achieved a balance. So I suppose that for me is success, even though it might not be the traditional model of success for a lawyer. I think a lot of people are striving for that balance, Jenny. So it's amazing that you've you've got to that. And you're right. It's sort of, you know you think in a sort of law firm in particular, there is that sort of an, and other professional service firms. There's that kind of trajectory, and it's like you know to get to the top, you know, and success means getting to the very very top and being partner or whatever. But actually, you're right. It's, you know, it's, there's often a different way of looking at it, and actually, happiness and balance and getting those things together is is really really important as well. So, you know, what do you think's been the biggest, you know, the major factor in your success? Do you think? Well, again, I think lots of things, but I th- I think honestly, two things. First is the support of grandparents when my children were very young. That was completely invaluable because I wouldn't have wanted them to have been in nursery four days a week or or whatever it was for long hours. So we we did get a lot of help from grandparents, my, my mother in particular. And I would say also my husband, because my husband has always been willing to do his share of the childcare. In fact, if I'm honest, probably more than his share. So without that, I wouldn't have been able to stay in this job because my children would have would have suffered. You know, they wouldn't have had someone at home to to put them to bed at night. I would say it's that really. That's really wonderful. You've had that um, that support network. It's amazing. So, what do you think is the most important lesson? That you've learned in your career, if you can find, if you can think of one, doesn't have to be one, it could be two or whatever, but you know, what are some of the lessons you've learned? Well, I was having a conversation with another 
female lawyer at Deckert recently who is currently on maternity leave. And I didn't mean to to stray into (laughs) advice because that can be really annoying. But um, I found myself saying something to her, which I remembered it when I was thinking about what I might say today. And I, I think it's this, which is that you mustn't compare yourself to other people. It's very easy to do that. But everyone's situation is different. And what works for you and your family might not work for someone else and vice versa. Coming back to kind of, you know, partner and, and that sort of thing we talked about, you know, do you feel that you've reached the top or do you want to still keep progressing? When And it's difficult, isn't it, when you say, you know, do you want to keep progressing to a senior role? Because as you say, maybe that's not, you know, what you want to do. I don't know. You know, maybe you do. Maybe it's still something you're striving to do. Tell me a little bit about that. You know, is that, have you, do you feel you've sort of where you've got to in your career? Is that sort of the pinnacle or do you still want to sort of go further places? Well, I think the key word in that question is is progress. So I want to feel that I'm continuing to progress in some way. And I don't quite know what that is uh, or what that will look like. I don't particularly want to be doing exactly the same thing uh, that I'm doing now until I retire. So I think it's about sort of diversifying. So for example, I I recently did the CEDA um, mediation course and got that qualification. Just finding new things in your role, new things to keep you interested and stimulated. I think that's the most important thing. I mean, law firms have traditionally not been great at retaining women in particular in senior roles. There has been a policy, the so-called up or out policy, which meant that if you weren't interested in partnership or weren't suitable for, for partnership, you were discreetly asked to leave. I think law firms are, are much better than they used to be there isn't that same up or out policy generally now. They have recognised that there might be um, senior lawyers who who don't want partnership for whatever reason at a particular stage in their career, but yet nevertheless might have useful skills, experience, etc. to offer. So I think law firms are, are definitely heading in the right, the right direction. They've recognised that there is a sort of off-track career progression possibility though even that word off track (laughs) sends sends the wrong message doesn't it and and slightly makes you feel like you're you're a failure but uh, anyway it's improving yes and absolutely and it's you know I think anybody else listening in the similar situation to you should absolutely feel that you're you know just because you're not yet partner it's not a failure it's actually as you say you have to decide what you want for you as an individual and what works for you and your family so Coming on to some of the challenges and obstacles that you've experienced along the way um, and how you've overcome them, as you know, this podcast is called The Confidence Conversation. And indeed, I'm coming to talk to uh, Deckerts in, in a few months' time about confidence and how a lack of confidence can be a barrier for many women and men, I should say, as well, not just women. But tell me, do you describe yourself as a confident person? Well, I think my automatic response to that would be no. But then I thought about it some more. And actually, I would say that I am a confident person. I mean, if I'm talking about something that I that I know about and I'm well prepared, then I can speak with confidence. And I like to think that I would sound confident. I think my problem is more that I'm not good at self-promotion. And I think that's that's something I a characteristic I share with with many women. I'm I I can't stand competing in appraisal form. Um, just the, the whole idea of trying to make myself sound like, you know, the most am- amazing lawyer ever. I, I I really 
struggle with. And perhaps I suffer slightly from a lack of self-belief. I I slightly think it's not surprising that I'm not a partner. I, you know, I'm not fit to be a partner. So I, I think it's not confidence exactly. I don't quite know what it is, but there's there is definitely something that is that has slightly held me back in in my career, I would say. You're right, Jenny. And I think, you know, we've talked about it before. You know, I, I come across as very confident, but I have had, you know, the inner confidence that one has can be very different to the outside. I mean, I often think it's a bit like a swan paddling frantic- frantically under the water. And on the top, you can look really confident and serene, but actually underneath you're thinking, I'm not good enough for this. And this whole sort of imposter syndrome type thoughts that come out. Yes. And I think it is that whole, that the fake it to make it thing. I mean, I think there is a lot of um, truth in that. You do just have to go around sounding really confident, <laughs> um, pretending to your more junior <laughs> colleagues that you yeah. absolutely know what you're doing when sometimes you don't. <laughs> I hope you're enjoying the conversation so far. I want to take a moment to tell you a little bit more about my reasons for doing this podcast. At My Confidence Matters, our mission is to work together to navigate a path to gender equality through building confidence and capability. I'm passionate about enabling every woman to have the confidence to progress in their career, and I love talking to and sharing women's stories to inspire others. This podcast forms a small part of what we do, and if you think there's room for improvement in the way your organisation understands and manages the issues, barriers and obstacles that women face in the workplace, please do get in touch or tell your HR contact about us. There's a link in the show notes. And don't forget, developing a consistent personal brand can help you build your confidence and achieve your ambitions. So if something as simple as clothes is standing between you and your success, the amazing Gail at Gail Morgan Style is offering you 15% off all colour analysis and other services when you reference this podcast. But also, I think it's lovely that, you know, this is one of the reasons I have this podcast, because I think it's so important to share that actually not everybody, you might come across as confident, but actually everybody suffers from lack of confidence at times. When you're doing something for the first time, it's totally normal. And actually, you shouldn't beat yourself up about it and just think, well, this is part of the process. You know, you actually you have to go through these things. Absolutely. And it, and indeed, it can be useful because, you know, that that's why you prepare for a, for a talk or, you know, whatever it is so that you're not going to stand up and make a complete idiot of yourself. Absolutely. It's a bit like, you know, me doing this podcast. I love asking the questions, but put me on the other, you know, the other side, which I did this week, I was interviewed. I hate it. <laughs> I absolutely hate being asked the questions <laughs> because that for me is where, where I'm not in my comfort zone. That's not so, you know, I'm, I'm very happy asking the questions, but as soon as I'm put on the spot, I find it more difficult to do that. So, so perhaps pick, you know, can you tell me a little bit about, you know, particular confidence challenge and then how you've dealt with that, you know, and if you've got any advice to those who might be struggling with a lack of confidence, what have you found that's helped you to overcome? And we've talked about fake it till you make it. Is there anything else that you would, you know, advise? I think really it's, it's preparation. Preparation is, is key because if you're well prepared, then there's no reason not to feel confident. And I do generally find that the, the situations where I don't feel confident is because I'm, I'm underprepared. So absolutely. And that's one of my biggest learnings as well. Cause I used to think I could just stand up and speak and push myself and perform without doing any of the planning and preparation and practicing actually, which comes with it. And I think that's been a big learning for me is actually putting that time in 
Um, and I think often that's quite hard in organisations as well. And, and you know, when you're in a corporate role as well, it's quite difficult because you're not often given the time and you're, you know, there's a lot of pressure put on you to deliver in a quick space of time. And I think that often that's what's something I talk to organisations about is actually give your people a bit more time and actually check they've got enough time to do that preparation because that's what's going to cause these moments of, you know, the confidence crisis if people haven't got the time or they're juggling, you know, they're going home and dealing with children at home and then having to come in the next morning, you know, and present or something. Absolutely. The, the superwoman pose immediately before a, a presentation is, is helpful yes, as well, I yes. find. Absolutely. Going to, the, going to the toilet beforehand and you know, getting yourself <laughs> in that mode. Zone. Exactly. So let's just talk a little bit about your personal life, if that's okay. And you have children like me, so we, you, know, you face the juggle like many of us. So how do you manage to fit work and life together? I mean, we've talked a bit about your husband and grandparents. Is there anything else that you wanted to add? Yeah, so definitely the support I've had at home. I think also I've been very fortunate that right from the word go, and this is going back quite a few years now, I've I've had very enlightened bosses. Perhaps perhaps it helps being an employment lawyer because we have been accustomed to advising clients on on flexible working and part-time workers and that sort of thing. But nobody's really ever questioned my ability to do my job part-time and I always felt that I had the trust of my my managers to get the job done, even though I might not be in in the office, you know, all the time, not as present as some of my colleagues. So, I think that has that's helped enormously. And I forgot to say that at the beginning, actually, that you are part time. Do you work? Remind me how many days? I work four days. And has it always been four days? Broadly, yes. From I've dropped down to three and a half days at, at various points for various different reasons but but actually even during those times it, it was it was pretty hard to stick to the three and a half days so I think four days is about the the minimum you can do as a city and it must be hard on your day that you're not working to actually switch off and actually focus it on. can be it, it it varies really I mean I, I always check my emails you have to but clients have also been amazingly supportive actually and I think initially. And when I first started working part time, it was still relatively unusual, I would say. And sort of general understanding was that you wouldn't really admit to clients that you worked part time. You just happened to be out of the office quite a lot on a Monday yeah. or whatever it was. But over the years, you know, that attitude has without doubt changed. And now I have no hesitation in saying to clients, so I, I don't work on Mondays. If I need to be available, I will always make myself available and and a lot of my clients just now they know that I don't work on Mondays and they they will even say oh no let's know we won't have the call on Monday let's do it. it's, it's fine it can wait till Tuesday and that's that's really nice that they remember it and acknowledge it and don't want to um trample all over it so yeah I've been very fortunate that's brilliant. And I think obviously the pandemic's probably helped with that as well, hasn't it? With people being more aware of flexible working and working remotely and, and that sort of thing as well, which they can only have helped. So let's talk a little bit about your own health and happiness. Because I think often with with women and mothers that work, looking after yourself can become the sort of the last thing in the <laughs> list of priorities. Um, so I'd love to know kind of what do you do to focus on your own health and happiness? Well, it's difficult trying to to fit all that in, but I think I've learned over the over the last how many years that there are two things that I um, absolutely need to survive. One is sleep; I absolutely have to get enough sleep, <laughs> and the second is exercise. 
if I don't get enough exercise, then I can't really function. I just find that so useful for my overall well-being and and for for dealing with the stress that does inevitably come with with my job and sort of juggling etc that just helps keep everything on an even keel well, well done for for keeping up with the exercise i know it's hard hard to do that sometimes well some weeks are better than yeah. others <laughs> <laughs> um so i'd love to know what advice you'd give to your younger self you know is there anything you would have done differently you know what do you wish now that you'd known then it's a difficult question because in a way i don't think i would necessarily have wanted things to have turned out any differently but I think my key piece of advice would be that I should be more strategic because I don't think that I've necessarily done anything wrong in my career, but I think I've been guilty of, well, it's interesting, actually, I asked my husband that question and he said to me, you're very job focused, but not very career focused. And I thought that was interesting. And and actually, he's absolutely right. And I think I've been slightly guilty of just focusing on the here and now. And it's difficult not to when you're a working mother because you're thinking, you've got to get the work uniform for today. What are they eating (laughs) tonight? Have they done their homework? You know, all these things. And and then what are the deadlines I have to meet today and at the end of this week? So when suddenly someone starts asking you, so where do you see yourself in a year's time? You just think, well, I've no idea. I can barely see myself, you know, getting through to the end of today. So I wish I had been a little more. Because I think a lot of attaining partnership or getting to the top of your career, whatever it is, is about having a, a game plan. And I think I should have had a better game plan than I've had, perhaps. Yes, that's really interesting. And I think that's obviously the beauty of coaching, which we do a lot of, and actually encouraging, I think, you know, all women, if possible, and men, you know, everybody should have the opportunity to have a coach at some point in their career, because it's exactly that kind of stepping back time that you don't, you have to, you really have to, try hard to get that focus time don't you to think about the big picture and I find that writing my book at the moment you know getting that deep thinking time which I've never you know it's hard work to get myself into that deep thinking space because I'm not I'm not a deep thinker so I do generally you know flitter around like you some like day to day I'm doing all the juggling but actually forcing me to do that writing the book was actually quite interesting because it gave me that focus time to um which is really hard to carve that time out and I did it at about five o'clock in the morning quite a lot of days because I had to get up and do it without the kids around I can't um, imagine how on earth you found the time to write a book I don't know either <laughs> I'm not going to be doing another one in a hurry that's for sure so let's just finish off Jenny with you've given some amazing tips already but you know perhaps what are your three top tips for other women wanting to progress in their careers I feel very ill-equipped, actually, to, to give oh my goodness. tips, uh, <laughs> particularly to, to the young women of today who, who all seem to be so sorted and just, I don't know, far more equipped to, to deal with the working world than, than I was at their age, I think. But, but I have managed to come up with, with three. The first, actually, is one that I've stolen from a friend uh, who's also a lawyer and he was talking about what he was actually talking about what he looks for in a, a trainee. And he said, you know what, Jen, all, all I really want is cheerful competence. That's all I'm asking for. And I, and I, I really like that actually. So I thought you could apply that anywhere. I think just try to be cheerfully competent in your workplace and no one can really um, can criticize you. The second one is if you don't ask, you don't get. And I've never ceased to be amazed over the years by how many times someone has said yes when I expected them to say no. 
So, and, and you know, what is the worst that can happen? Someone says no, so what? But just don't be afraid to ask for what, for what you want or what you think you, you deserve. And the third really links back to what we were discussing earlier, and that's strive for your own idea of success, not, not someone else's. That is brilliant. I can't believe you said you weren't sure you had good top tips to offer to other people. They are amazing top tips. And I love that cheerful competence. I'm going to take that one. That's fantastic. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Fantastic. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jenny, for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure, as always, to chat. Likewise. Thank you, Joy. And that's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening. And I'll be back again soon with another Confidence Conversation. If you know anyone who might find this podcast useful, please do pass on the link. And it would give me a real confidence boost if you could subscribe, rate and leave a review. If you like what you've heard, join us at theconfidenceconversation.club, where I'll be sharing tips and notes from each episode. And you can send in your ideas for future topics. And remember, you can get 15% off all virtual and in-person colour analysis sessions and other services at Gail Morgan Style when you reference this podcast. To book, get in touch at gailmorganstyle.com. Thank you. And until next time, bye for now.